I'm Laura Ellsworth, welcoming you to Prairie Doc Radio. This is a program of the Healing Words Foundation, a 501c3 founded by Rick and Joni Holm. We are here to answer your medical questions, so give us a call at 605-692-1430. 605-692-1430. With us today is Dr. Andrew Ellsworth, ready to answer your medical questions. Dr. Ellsworth's specialty is family medicine. He works with the Avera Medical Group Brookings and volunteers as part of the Prairie Doc team of physicians. Good morning, Dr. Ellsworth. Good morning, Laura. Good morning, Bob. Thanks for being here. We are talking about runny noses this week uh, in the Prairie Doc world. Yeah, I'm, I've been I've been wanting to do this show for a little while. I think it, you know a runny nose impacts so many people. I mean, everyone at some point. Mm-hmm. But uh, and there's so many chronic runny noses, and there's so many such a variety of, of reasons, mm-hmm. you know, and it can be where it's not that bad enough that you might not be needing to do anything about it. But then again, maybe there would be a solution for you. So I, I'm looking forward to hearing from some experts on this and sure. a chance to see a couple different specialists, an allergist and an ENT doc uh, that can give their expertise on this, um, that they see this all the time. And, and, uh, and so, yeah, I'm looking forward to that on the show. Yeah, it's one of those topics that, like you said, we might just not really address, just kind of deal with with our lives, not really go in for, but gosh, it's annoying to right. have to have a runny nose all the time. Right. I I recently had a cold going through, and it was interesting. I wanted to ask you about this. It started with the runny nose, like watery, just like would drip, just like a fountain. Yeah. And then it went to a cough. So what is that when our symptoms kind of transition and the running nose stopped what happens what's happening in our bodies as we go through that well i don't know if i'm the expert on that but you know that one one interesting thing they found is that let's take even covid which covid just like any other virus can cause even a, just a runny nose mm-hmm. um and uh and it may even have to do with where that virus is first entering your body, which a lot of times is in the nose. Oh, okay. You know, in those respiratory do- droplets. And, um, and those had, that had been vaccinated in this big, big, huge study, um, those that had been vaccinated actually had higher rates of runny noses than those who hadn't been vaccinated. But those who hadn't been vaccinated had higher rates of pneumonia and more more down serious lungs? down in the lungs so it, it the virus had a chance to travel farther and down in the lungs more because it took longer for the body to you know battle it uh fight it and whereas some uh, those that had been vaccinated it was it it caught it right away up in the nose okay but you still had they still had more of a runny nose sure so <laughs> get the runny nose um, symptoms. so yeah so i mean sometimes it's just a good sign at least that your body's you know fighting something up so certainly a cold a mm-hmm. virus of some kind um that we always had coronaviruses before that was one of the main cold viruses rhinovirus parainfluenza virus um, various other cold viruses that um, can cause a runny nose, among other symptoms. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, sometimes that transitions then into, you know, the drainage first in the front of the nose, maybe all the drainage is in the back of the nose. And then now it's going down the back of the nose, causing irritation in the throat, 
or the the vocal cords or or the top of the lungs then or and causing you to cough some mm-hmm. so that's kind of that's the reason you know as, as that's kind of transitioning and that where that drainage is going okay well we have half an hour to answer everyone's questions about runny noses so now is the time to give us a call what what issues are you facing or your loved ones facing when it comes to runny noses or uh, if you're wondering about possible solutions for that, give us a call at 605-692-1430. 605-692-1430. We thank you for listening to Prairie Doc Radio on KBRK and on our podcast. We will return following this informative message from the Avera Medical Group. Did you know that someone in the United States has a heart attack every 40 seconds? A heart attack happens when a part of the heart muscle doesn't get enough blood. You might hear a heart attack called an MI, or myocardial infarction. The more time that passes without treatment to restore blood flow, the greater the damage to the heart muscle. If you have pain in your chest, call for help. This message is brought to you by the Avera Medical Group Brookings, 697-9500. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. I'm Laura Ellsworth, and Prairie Doc physician Andrew Ellsworth is here to answer our medical questions. Give us a call at 605-692-1430. 605-692-1430. Our Prairie Doc topic this week is focusing on runny noses, but everyone's always invited to ask any medical questions you might have, and we'll try to address those this morning. We had a question come in even before the show. Thank you so much for your questions coming in. Uh, This um, is a female listener. She's been dealing with a problem for about a year. Her nose gets dry and crusty, but still runs. Her nose is moist, so isn't really dried out. What can she do? What is this? Well, you know, it still could be a variety of things, and it we might not even find anything, really. Um, you know, an exam could be helpful, um, whether there's a, a polyp, a nasal polyp, or just how the nose looks in there. Um, you know, you start with thinking about um, allergies still could be a factor, and whether a person wants to try allergy pills, or even better yet, and a steroid nasal spray. Um, now those can dry out the mucosa too sometimes, or or um, thin the me- mucous membranes. But but certainly might just help with her symptoms. Mm-hmm. Sometimes um, the air just being dry can be part of it, um, and so maybe a humidifier in the room or in your central air or whatever uh, might be helpful, or even just a, a saline spray. Mm-hmm. Um, might be helpful now. She that was you know she complained about being dry and crusty, but then also runnings. But mm-hmm. but but those sprays can actually still help sometimes too, because maybe the nose was dry, so now it made it run to compensate, and it's just kind of this back and forth. Just like with dry eyes, um, sometimes people get tearing periodically, and they say, well, they're not dry, they're tearing, but the body's kind of just trying to make up for it once in a while, and it's just out of balance. So, um, so then eye drops sometimes helps with, with those dry eyes and with the, then the periodic tearing that comes because of it too. So, um, I'd start with a steroid nasal spray or a saline spray or an allergy medicine. And if those things aren't helpful, maybe visit with your doctor about other possible causes, um, 
and, and kind of going from there. It was interesting to me when I read your essay this week talking about how different medications and life exposures also might cause a runny nose or nose issues. Uh, I think you even mentioned blood pressure pills or aspirin. Some people have these reactions. So yeah, if you're taking aspirin and it's not really, you know, it's kind of 50-50 whether some people should be taking it anyway, don't stop without talking to your doctor. But um, maybe it's aspirin, you can stop your aspirin perhaps, or a blood pressure pill, or it's where you work mm-hmm. and chemicals in the air or um, various, so many reasons that, you know, some we might not be able to do much about and some we might be able to do something about. Uh, cold, dry air can can cause a runny nose. Um, vasomotor rhinitis. And, and, and for some people that is... It, is a normal response. You know, you go to cold enough air and your nose will start to run and, and stuff. But, but some people, it doesn't take very cold to trigger that. So, um, you know, are we going to be able to do anything about that? Maybe, maybe not. Sometimes there's some inhalers that can inhaler sprays that can be helpful. Um, I'm looking forward to see what some of the guests say tonight too. Right. You mentioned steroid nasal sprays perhaps being um, helpful. Yeah. Is that something you need a prescription for, or is that something you can You can go get those f- over-the-counter. Okay. They used to be prescription 10 years ago, um, like fluticasone nasal spray. Um, I'm not pushing any brand names, but, you know, like Flonase or Nasacort, mm-hmm. um, some of those uh, nasal sprays um, that are a steroid nasal spray. But you do want to be careful with those to spray them up and back and not inward towards the middle of the nose, towards the septum, because they can thin that membrane on the septum, and then you could have nosebleeds more easily. So you don't, so some say it's better to spray each nostril with the opposite hand. That might help to, to see, so you don't end up pointing it towards the middle of your nose, but you kind of want it up and back. I can see Andrew's gestures here. He's doing some great gestures, but those of you out there (laughs) cannot see his gestures, but kind of pointing out towards your eye almost rather than inward, which, yeah, would be sort of counterintuitive. So something important to think about when you're doing that. And now's a good time to mention, I'm not talking about a decongestant spray. Um, There's the other sprays that we really recommend it not using for at least more than you know three or not any more than five days. Some of those can be helpful, especially in the height of a cold when you're mm-hmm. so congested up there in the nose. They can within seconds sometimes you can breathe again, mm-hmm. but it it can have a rebound effect. So then it gets worse again. So you need to spray it again, and then it's this vicious circle, mm-hmm. um, and and that can be hard to exit from sometimes if someone's been using it for months and so on years and so um it's okay to use some of those decongestion sprays but you'd want to avoid using it for very long okay like afrin would be a a brand name of that always good to maybe talk to your primary care providers or always check with the pharmacists too that are working there they're always so helpful if you're just you know you need something but you're not sure which one um or have questions about how to use it how to and how to spray it in Um, always good to ask those questions yeah sure doing those safely yeah so we've got saline just pure kind of salt water sprays and steroid sprays and decongestant sprays and i've had some people complain about the 
taste they get in the back of the throat then with some of those sprays. But mm. then I've had some people that tried a different brand or whatever, or and then and then they didn't notice that. So maybe it's you just want to try a different one. Yeah. We will return following this informative message from the Avera Medical Group. If you have diabetes, these lifestyle changes can help lower your risk for heart disease. Follow a healthy diet. Eat more fresh fruits and vegetables, lean protein, and whole grain. Aim for a healthy weight. If you're overweight, even losing a modest amount of weight can lower your triglycerides and blood sugar. Get physical activity. Try to get at least 150 minutes per week of moderate intensity physical activity, such as brisk walking. Manage your ABCs. A, your A1C test. B, keep your blood pressure below 140 over 90. And C, control your cholesterol levels. S stands for stop smoking or don't start. This message is brought to you by the Avera Medical Group Brookings. Call your provider with questions or to set up an appointment, 697-9500. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. I'm Laura Ellsworth, and Prairie Doc physician Andrew Ellsworth is here to answer our medical questions. Give us a call at 605-692-1430. Dr. Ellsworth, we have a question here. Does the color of mucus mean anything? Mm. I feel like when I was in grade school, this was something we kind of used as like, well, is it green or is it white? But I feel like maybe that's not truth. Yeah. <laughs> is that, it, it, what do you think? You know, you're, it, I think people in the past or many still think that it means that you have a bacterial infection, but yes. that's not the case. Okay. You can definitely still have green mucus or colored uh, mucus and it not be a bacterial infection. But, you know, you're more likely to see that colored mucus, you know, like you got a cold and it's been clear for the most part. In the mornings, it's green. Well, because, or yellow, it's been sitting there, you know, thickening up some and and just sitting there and building up some. And so now it's kind of gotten some of that mucus coloration and stuff. Granted. The more mucus sits and stuff, the more it can be a, a, a nidus, a spot for infection. Um, and so infection can occur later. So a lot of times, you know, those first few days of a cold, first week of a cold, it's mostly just the virus. But then if it's sometimes getting worse later, then, yeah, a good chance maybe that it's a bacterial infection at that point. But, um, you know, what can we do then? Um you know, certainly keep, stay hydrated to keep things flushed and, and blow your nose when you need to. And, and um, um, you could use a decongestant um, to help with symptoms. Um, but sometimes that decongestant will kind of dry things up and lock things in. So personally, I don't like using it, but some people like using it and stuff. I'm a big fan of Mucinex. Guafenicin is the ingredient there that's also in Robitussin typically and other some many cough syrups and cold medicines as an expectorant. It helps to loosen those secretions. You can get them up and out mm-hmm. and get things, get things out, up and out and going. So when we're dealing with runny noses, especially if it's like a cold or something like that, and we're just sick of it, you know, when, when is it time to go in to think about maybe I need an antibiotic, maybe I'm done waiting this out? When, how do you help patients gauge that? Um, 
you know, if you've had a cold and, you know, when you, when you first get a cold and you got a low grade fever with it or whatever, that's, that's not too alarming. You know, you could take, take some Tylenol or whatever, but if you've had it for a bit and then now it's getting worse and you're getting fevers, then, mm-hmm. you know, that'd be a, a warning sign or when it's been, you know, well over a week of symptoms, probably, you know, many of these symptoms, cold symptoms can linger, you know, a cough or cold, runny nose stuff can linger at least a couple of weeks, mm-hmm. sometimes longer. But when things are getting worse then, um, or you're getting short of breath or, you know, just things are getting worse as, yeah, besides those first couple of days. Um, the, um, now with this, with this said with COVID, um, Sometimes, you know, the medications that we have that can be helpful are needed right away. And certainly it can start out or be just, you know, cold symptoms, but it could become worse later. A lot of times when when we were really uh, dealing with a lot of people that, you know, early on we didn't have the vaccine, that first week was more mild and that second week was a lot worse. Um, thankfully, with vaccines and past immunity, it's been more mild for the for the most part. And maybe it's become more mild, but it's also COVID still killing 400 people a day in the U.S. Why do I bring this up? I think it's still good to get tested early on in the course of a cold symptoms to see if it might come up positive for COVID. Because then if you're higher risk or um, over age 65 or have other risk factors, obesity, diabetes, hypertension, heart disease, um, you might want to be on a medication that could decrease your risk of it becoming more serious. Um, and you want to start that earlier within the first five days of symptoms. Now, if you first test the day you have symptoms, a lot of those are test are testing negative, even when it still ends up testing positive for COVID later. So maybe test once and then a couple of days test again, mm-hmm. if you want. Um, but regardless it, of your, whether your COVID test is coming up positive or negative or anything, Please wash your hands, cover your mouth when you're coughing with your elbow, consider wearing a mask so you're not coughing into the air a bunch when there's a lot of people around. Mm-hmm. We've learned a f- few things. It's more common practice now yeah. to do these things to help everyone. Yeah, or stay, stay home. Healthy. Yeah. Stay home if you can. Yeah. yeah. Right, right. Good reminders. I have a friend who swears by using a neti pot. What does a neti pot really do and what conditions does it help? And would it help with allergies? Um, certainly one of the best things it seems to help with is to decrease or to treat sinus infections or decrease your risk of getting a sinus infection when you have a cold or from allergies for that matter that want to keep things draining. And when things get clogged, now that mucus is sitting there and now in the cavity and the sinuses and those those areas right under the eyes and above the eyes behind the eyes behind the nose and and then you know that can get start getting painful and if we can get those draining again and that's where the neti pot can help to get get those draining where it go the fluid goes in one nose and circulates through sinuses and out the other nose and there's other things besides neti pot, other saline sprays, um, and not just sprays. Sprays are just go- not going to circulate through, but um, like saline rinse. rinses, mm-hmm. thank you, that um, can can help things drain. And, and those have been shown to be uh, just as f- effective at treating uh, sinus infection as antibiotics. And especially for someone who's prone to get sinus infections, 
um, if you use that early on several times a day, um, you might not end up with a sinus infection. Mm-hmm. So nice alternative to antibiotics or so you don't need an- antibiotics or anything or have an issue in the first place. I'm reluctant to use one. It seems like it reminds me like when I jump in the pool and water gets up my nose. I don't really love that feeling. But people swear by using the neti pot yeah. and getting relief by this. Yeah, so. it might take a little practice, a little okay. getting used to. Mm-hmm. might want to watch a... A YouTube video or something on how to do it, or or, uh, or ask someone you know who uses it. But certainly, mm-hmm. they can be very helpful for a lot of people, and is a good idea and something I certainly recommend. Okay, it seems like um, young children will almost always have a runny nose. I know when our kids were <laughs> younger, it seemed like they were just always having runny noses. So, do we just? attach that to germs being passed around at daycare and then when should we become more concerned especially with young children um i know for our own kids others would comment um you never give them anything really no it's just gotta run its course but when do we when do we start to be more concerned and um think that perhaps they need something to help them yeah well, you're absolutely right. They they just their their bodies are just coming in contact with all different viruses for the first time, and and certainly, especially those in 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 um, daycare settings, uh, they're just constantly getting their bodies getting bombarded. It's good good for the immune system, mm-hmm. it, 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 and and good to you know, for many of those that weren't in daycare. Then once they go to kindergarten, then they're sick a lot and, mm-hmm. and stuff. So, um, with the little really little ones you know, infants and one-year-olds, the way the anatomy is, their ears are more prone to get that fluid stuck in there and get ear infections. And so when they're getting fevers and ear pain and pulling at their ears and stuff, might want to get that looked at in case it's an ear infection. And sometimes they get, a f- you know, three, four ear infections. We say, okay, I think it's time for ear tubes. Mm-hmm. And once again, what's that tube doing? That's helping to let it drain, mm-hmm. kind of with the sinuses, and letting them drain so that they it's not stuck in there and getting infected. Um, when they've had, you know, this mild cold symptoms and stuff, but it's lingering for a month or more, and it could be multiple two different viruses that just happen to have two colds right in a row. Or maybe they do have allergies, you know, especially if there's a family history of allergies and stuff, then you may want to think about an allergy medication to help them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's there's various children's forms of allergy medicines that uh, typically wait to recommend to even try till maybe six months of age. But uh, basically six months plus, you could give it a go, look at the dosage on there, maybe half a teaspoon once a day or whatever, but uh, see what it says. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's time for us to go to our final break. We thank you for listening to Prairie Doc Radio on KBRK and on our podcast. We have just a few minutes left if you want to call in with a question at 605 692 We will return following this informative message from the Avera Medical Group. Influenza has made its appearance. If you have not received a flu shot, get one now. Symptoms of influenza are fever, fatigue, cough, runny nose, body aches, and decreased appetite. Generally, influenza makes you feel much worse than the common cold. If you have questions about influenza, call your provider at the Avera Medical Group Brookings, 697-9500.
Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. I'm Laura Ellsworth, and Prairie Doc physician Andrew Ellsworth is here to answer our medical questions. Give us a call at 605-692-1430. Andrew, you mentioned when you came in this morning, the number one question you're getting is, can I get my flu vaccine and my COVID-19 booster at the same time? Yes. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. A lot of people are doing that and not having any issues. Okay. Uh, that'll be just fine. Now, granted, yes, you might may very well end up with a sore arm. Mm-hmm. Um, y- y- you might not feel well later that day or the next day, especially if that's something you felt before. Um, but maybe not. Uh, it does seem to matter sometimes how soon you were vaccinated before. So early on when they got to those two vaccines a month apart, it seems like that second vaccine made people sicker sometimes. Um, and so now it's been a longer period for many people. Um, and so maybe that will help it be less, you know, you know, more mild or, or not, no side effects or, or um, but it does show that your body's, you know, building up its immunity again. So that's good. Um, if you've had COVID or you're pretty sure you've had COVID, uh, then we want you waiting at least three months until you have that new COVID booster. And so we got this new COVID booster that's more aligned, that carries protection for a couple of the new variants. Okay. Um, And so um, then we want to wait three months from when you've had COVID. Um, And then, uh, or if you've, had a booster just a couple months ago you want to wait at least two months before you have the new booster okay so so this know, new booster is a little bit different than what we have been getting is that right, target to target right. the latest variants yeah hopefully. you know they they help target those spike proteins that the coronavirus uses to attach mm-hmm. to you and um though over time with the variants that spike proteins changed a little bit and so now they updated it to the new variants spike proteins okay and is it time now to get that influenza shot or should we wait a little longer october is a great month to get it okay now's the time yep so we're ready to go yep for winter season all right right right. and you know interestingly um with people being a little more conscious and more careful you know influenza hasn't been a big deal so far Mm -hmm. in the last couple years um but yeah, maybe will it come back with a vengeance one of these times or not? I don't know. It depends how careful we are. It's it's less transmissible than COVID, mm-hmm. thankfully, but it can certainly cause issues mm-hmm. and cause problems and make you sick. Right. And so, um, nice another way of, of being uh, prevention uh, is is the vaccine. Yeah. All right. Well, before we go, please do be sure to tune in to South Dakota Public Broadcasting Television and the Prairie Doc Facebook page for On Call with the Prairie Doc most Thursdays starting at 7 p.m. Central. This week on Thursday, October 6th, Prairie Doc host Andrew Ellsworth will discuss runny nose relief, symptoms, causes, and treatment with Dr. Mark Bubak from Dakota Allergy and Asthma and Dr. Bennett from Midwest Ear, Nose, and Throat. So tune in tomorrow night on SDPB Television or look for this episode on the Prairie Doc YouTube channel or Facebook page. We hope you've enjoyed our Prairie Doc radio program and we'll listen again for Prairie Doc on KBRK 
brought to you by the Avera Medical Group Brookings. Please follow the Prairie Doc on Facebook and YouTube. And for free and easy access to the entire Prairie Doc library, visit www.prairiedoc.org. And look for Prairie Doc wherever you find your podcast. My thanks to Dr. Andrew Ellsworth for joining us today. And as Dr. Holm would say, Stay healthy out there, people. <laughs> <laughs>